Hello, this is Sam Glynn, and you're listening to Cyber 321, plain English cyber in three articles, two numbers, and one action. It's the 22nd of July, 2022, and I'm in the sunny southeast today, so hopefully it's as sunny where you are. In the first of three articles this week, the UK's data protection regulator, the ICO, recently published a letter to the legal profession to address the belief among many in that profession that payment of a ransom may protect the stolen data and or result in a lower penalty by the ICO should it undertake an investigation. The ICO goes on to say that this is most definitely not the case. It is quoted as saying, as as regulator, the ICO recognises in setting its response and any penalty level, the actions taken to mitigate the risk of harm to individuals involved in a data breach. For the avoidance of doubt, the ICO does not consider the payment of monies to criminals who have attacked a system as mitigating the risk to individuals, and this will not reduce any penalties incurred through ICO enforcement action. It is likely that an investigation by a data protection regulator will include questions about the steps you took to reduce the likelihood of the ransomware attack and to reduce the impact of that attack. If you have not taken any steps to even put some basic defences in place, such as those I describe in The Basics, you will not enjoy the subsequent attention of a data protection regulator after the stress of dealing with a ransomware attack in the first place. In the second article this week, Tech Republic reports that at a recent White House summit, a number of tech companies committed to train more people to fill many of the estimated 700,000 cybersecurity job vacancies in the US. Alongside announcements by Cisco and Fortunate, ISC2, a non-profit association of certified cybersecurity professionals, announced their 1 million certified in cybersecurity program. The program pledges to put 1 million people through its foundational certified in cybersecurity entry-level certification exam and education program for free. Those who earn the Certified in Cybersecurity certification will demonstrate to employers that they have the foundational knowledge, skills and abilities necessary for an entry-level cybersecurity role. To me, the next challenge is finding companies willing to create truly entry-level cybersecurity roles so those with foundational knowledge of the topic but no practical experience can get on to the first step of the career ladder. I discussed this challenge on a recent CyberQuest webinar, and I know the CyberQuest team are working with a number of Irish tech firms to try to address this challenge. But if your organisation is struggling to fill lower level cybersecurity roles, you should also think about ways to address the same challenge. For there are many people out there who have the basic training and want to step onto the cybersecurity career ladder, but you may need to lower that ladder. And in the final article this week, Bleeping Computer recently reported on the activities of a particular phishing gang called Luna Moth. They establish a foothold in their victims' computer systems through phishing emails that try to lure victims with false subscription emails for the use of Zoho, Masterclass or Duolingo services. Apparently, victims would receive a message, allegedly from one of the aforementioned services, announcing that the subscription is about to end and that it will be automatically renewed with 24 hours to process the payment. The email comes with a fake invoice in an attachment, which provides a contact for those that want to learn more details about the subscription or to cancel it. Calling the phone number in the invoice 
puts the victim in direct contact with the scammer. And from there, the scammer fools the victim into installing their malicious software onto their computer. If you're training people to look out for suspicious emails, make sure you tell them to be particularly wary of emails that suggest they are about to pay for a service that they did not subscribe to. It may be a lure that fools them into making contact with a scammer, and it may be the first stage of a cyber attack. The first of two numbers this week is 45%, and that is the percentage of phishing emails that exploited the LinkedIn brand during the second quarter of 2022, according to Checkpoint Research and as reported by Tech Republic recently. Even though this is a drop from 52% in quarter one, it means LinkedIn remains the scammer's favourite. So if you're training people to look out for suspicious emails, make sure you tell them to be particularly wary of emails that ask them to enter their LinkedIn login details, because it may be a phishing scam. The second number this week is 1.9 million, and that is the number of patients impacted by a data breach in a debt collection agency in the US, according to a recent report in TechCrunch. The ransomware attack was on a little-known debt collection firm called Professional Finance Company. PFC, and which serves hundreds of hospitals and medical facilities across the US. And it could be one of the biggest data breaches of personal and health information so far this year. PFC released a statement confirming the attackers took patient names, addresses, their outstanding balance and information relating to their account, and said that in some cases, dates of birth, social security numbers and health insurance and medical treatment information were also taken by the attackers. In other words, up to 1.9 million people will now have to live with the fact that details of their medical treatment may now be in the hands of the bad guys. The one action this week is to perform some cybersecurity refresher training. If you follow my guide to the basics, you will have trained your staff so they're aware of how they could be targeted by cyber criminals. But it's now an opportune time to refresh their awareness by giving them some specific examples of how they may be targeted. Two articles that I've mentioned this week point to two specific tactics. Firstly, the use of a trusted brand, for example, LinkedIn, Outlook.com, or even perhaps a bank. And the second tactic is the creation of a sense of urgency, for example, by informing you of charges for a service that you did not subscribe to. So it's important to remind staff that if they receive an email, that prompts urgent action, rather than acting immediately, take a deep breath and let the adrenaline rush pass. If they're under pressure to finish their working day, let the email sit there until the morning. This is better than taking a hasty action that could cause serious repercussions. Look out for obvious red flags, for example, an unusual sender email address, typos or programmer, a link that doesn't go to the right website or an unusual file attachment. Even if there are no red flags, they should think about the likelihood that this still is not a genuine email. If they're unsure, they should ignore any documents or links in the email and go to the genuine website directly. And if they really feel the need to speak to someone, they should call the service provider on a phone number that they know to be genuine. And if you didn't already know, I provide cybersecurity awareness training and testing services that will ensure your staff play their part in your cybersecurity defences. That's it for this week. Until next time, take care.